0: Thank you, Matt. Uh, Cindy Pope is kind of leading those uh, encouraging notes to the uh, missionaries to Honduras uh, coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. And they're color-coded. And so if you want to take more than one, just write a scripture or a, a word of encouragement. And they'll have opportunity to th- look at that during the mission trip. Also, some have asked, uh, is there any way to support that in a financial way? We have some cards back there. And we're not looking for huge um, gifts. But if you'd like to put $20 or something like that into a card and just say it says Honduras on that, uh, then uh, that'll help support what we're doing there as well. One other announcement: uh, this past week, um, Jamie Younger came up to me and said she had something she needed to talk to me about. And so I was wondering, what did I forget now to do? And and that was not the topic of the of the meeting. But she uh, is now going to be retiring. And so uh, she, David, um, has a just a passion to live in the Midwest. And so he's going to be. And she's going to be moving to Wyoming. And it's even though the plans have been there for a number of years, it was always one of those things that was delayed, delayed, delayed. And uh, and she was kind of hoping it would keep delaying for a while. But uh, they're making that move to Wyoming. And so she'll be finishing up July, uh, packing in August. And their goal is to be in there in September. So uh, be praying for Jamie and Dave as they make this move. Uh, In many ways, I've uh, in churches, often they 'll say it 's much easier to replace a lead or senior pastor than the the sec- church secretary or office administrator, so there 'll be a transition that we 'll be going through uh, be, be praying um, just for uh, for us as a church in that transition, and we 'll be telling you more and more about that uh, but also uh, it 's it's, uh, it's a very emotional time for Jamie. She was going to be here, and then she sent me a note just last, last, late last night says i just don 't think I can be here so <laughs> Uh, she doesn't. she's rather a private person, so we can't necessarily make a Jamie Younger Sunday because uh, she, <laughs> she wouldn't come to her, her own Sunday. So, uh, so we'll have to figure out something behind the scenes. But uh, we appreciate her faithful service uh, in so many different ways at uh, Grace Hills Church. All right, well, today uh, is going to be hopefully a helpful, uh, a very pointed message and what God wants to uh, at least share from my heart to your heart. Uh, so let's look to the Lord in prayer one more time. Let's pray together. Father, we just uh, pray as we're about doing your your work, as we want to be people that know you and know you deeply and make you known. And Father, wherever someone is right now in their spiritual journey with you, whether they've not quite made that commitment or whether uh, they are are just in those baby steps experiences with you or whether they've uh, been with you for a long time and are just looking for the next instruction from, from you as far as what you might have them be passionate about. Uh, we just really pray that we might always make the main thing the main thing, and we pray that this might uh, be helpful today. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. If you've looked at the outline this morning, the, the title is fairly simple, uh, Go Local and Global. Uh, you could also entitle it so many different way, ways. Uh, what God wants from His people is we, He wants us to go everywhere to everyone uh, to get out the message of Jesus Christ. Because we really believe that's, that's at the heart of who we are. That's what it's all about. Uh, but if you're going to take a step back and say, well, really, what is the purpose of life? What is the, why are we here? One of those kind of deep philosophical questions. And Now, that question has been asked down through the ages, historically. And interestingly, recently, a Marilyn Voss savant was asked that question. You know who Marilyn is? Uh, Marilyn is kind of featured in Parade Magazine often. She's considered the the smartest uh, person in the world. Uh, For instance, she has the highest recorded IQ according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, may have since kind of changed that category because of the controversy, but in, in 1986, uh, she started writing for, for Parade magazine, and people would just have all kinds of issues or concerns or questions in their mind. They, they, they wanted the smartest person in the world to answer. In case you're curious what her recorded IQ is, I think it's only a couple points higher than mine, but it's uh, a <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, 228. For that comparison, uh, what I've read about that is, is Einstein, Albert Einstein's recorded IQ was 160. Uh, if you've uh, seen that program on TV, I think it's in, on CBS, it's called Scorpion. Uh, it's a show where they, they have this one individual named Walter O'Brien who has the fourth highest recorded IQ in history, 197. And he gathers all these people around him to help the... Uh, the, the government solve these unsolvable problems as they apply their, their mental capacity to these, these riddles of life that might be dangerous for the rest of us mortals that, that are facing whatever might come our way. But she was asked the question, what is the purpose of life? And it was interesting. I really don't, well, I've read some of her religious journeys in terms of where she is kind of pursued meaning of life. But this, is, this was her answer. She says I think it depends on your spiritual beliefs. If you have a religion it provides the answer, but if you don't believe in God or a god, the question contradicts your thinking. Having a reason implies having a purpose, which in a case an intelligent being or cognitive power, that's another way to say god, an intelligent being or cognitive power with intent. That's what people call a god. So if you don't believe a god exists, you can't believe a reason exists. You must settle for assuming we got here through some natural process. And if that be true, that's that. There really is no purpose in life because there is no purpose in the origin of life. It just happened. And so we we are left to ourselves to get whatever thrill in life we want, but there's really no reason for why we're here. Well, we obviously in a place like this believe there is a purpose in life, there is a reason for life, and the reason we believe that is because we believe there is a God, that God is personal, He is highly intelligent, His IQ is a, is a few ticks a high, higher than 228, that, that He knows everything, and, and as He began what we see in this world, He, he began with a purpose. And, and we even sang about it this morning. God's purpose for us is to live for His glory. That, that's, that's our intended purpose as living beings. And, and you can use the word glory, you can use the word honor, we're to live to His honor, however you want to say it, But we're to reflect on our maker. The Bible's pretty clear that we are made in His, what, His image. And there's so many things, and if you're looking at this outline and wondering, is he going to get through this outline? Just relax, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to kind of go through it kind of systematically. Because really, I only have two points this morning, and, and you'll see them in, in a moment. But I, I want to focus on, on just that, that kind of existential question that was big when I was going to college. What's existentialism, and what does that mean, and what, what, how, does that, how do we understand life and relate to, to that idea? Well, we believe that we exist because we have someone who created our existence, and He created us for a purpose, and the purpose was to, to know Him and to follow His plan, and when we know Him and follow His plan, then we're living according to our purpose. Now, yesterday, there were a few of us working on some things. Have you noticed there's a few things not here on the stage? Well, that's because we took down the, a lot of the children's sets yesterday and and we had a few tools we were using and we had the ones that worked really well the motorized ones then we had the 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 old ones you know the screwdrivers and if you were asked, if you could ask this screwdriver what's its purpose its purpose is to take screws out right or to put screws screws in and it will do fairly well if you have somebody who can actually get it in the slots and, and make the turn in the right direction but i don't know if you've ever had a tool that was somewhat damaged and, and you try to put it in the right way and, and make the right turn and Make it accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish and it won't do what it's supposed to do. And the only way for it to to really accomplish its purpose is for it to get fixed. And really what the Bible says is is that we are created according to God's plan, but we're broken. And the only way for us to accomplish our plan, God's plan for our life, is to get fixed and then do what He wants us to do. And so if you look at your outline, there'll be a few things we'll race through this morning, but is we think, what, what is our purpose? Our purpose collectively or individually, our, our purpose is to honor God, to live according to His design for our life. And, and you know, it's interesting uh, that we also got uh, one of those mechanized, Rich and I were working on some things, and, and uh, we, we thought we could put it together, or at least I thought he could put it together. Actually, I just dropped it in his lap. Can you make this work? And he got most of it to work, but then there, was, there were a couple parts you know, he couldn't quite figure out. You know what he actually did? He read the instructions, right? I mean, how shocking radical that is. And see, that's why God has given us this book so we can read the instructions, so we can more clearly understand some of the parts of us that we don't quite get. And what is what is needed to be reattached or, or fixed. And, and, and when it was put together right, you know what happened? It worked. And then when I tried to, get to do something else and I couldn't get to work, I brought it back to Rich and he fixed it again. You know what happened? It worked. And see, that's simply what God has for us. He wants our lives to work according to how he made us. And he's made us all individuals. We have different strengths and weaknesses and we have some things that, that gives us certain talents in certain areas. And as some have said that we're all a 10 in some areas and maybe we're a 1 in other areas. But there's, there's something all of us are good at. And God wants us to take what we're good at and just do it. But do it not for ourselves, but for Him, because He's our maker. I, I was thinking about this, even as I was thinking about just the common experiences of life. If we're called to honor God, that, that sounds like the role of a child to a, what? To a parent. We are to honor our parents. And there's basically two ways we honor our parents, I think. Is one is we, we understand their position in life, that, they're an authority, and particularly when we're younger, we're what? We're not, right? And, and we honor them when we, we do what they tell us we're supposed to do. And isn't, isn't that really how God wants us to respond to him?
1: We understand his
0: position. He's an authority. He knows, he knows more than we do. So why wouldn't we want to follow someone who knows all? None of us are perfect parents. None of us have had perfect parents, but, but we have a perfect parent. God who has made us. And when we, when we follow his plan, we honor him. And, and the other way we honor parents is when we, we accept the values they have. We, we begin to learn what is really important in life. Now, again, we're not perfect parents or have had perfect parents, but, but we have a perfect parent, and he knows what is of most value. And when we value what he values, then we live in a way that honors him that gives Him glory, glory, that draws attention to Him and what what life is all about. So as we think about why we're here, and we're going to look at going local and global, it's here to honor God, and probably the most primary way we can honor God is by helping people honor God. And, And the best way to honor God is by helping people learn to follow Him fully and completely. Because this life is so short in comparison to eternity. And, and that's what we ought to be about, is, is living lives that reflect that we know who God is and have a relationship with Him and that look for opportunities to speak about Him. I, I got a call. I had an opportunity to take some of the students up to camp. And, and just as we got up to Pondo, I got a call from a friend of mine in the community. And, and they, some I've shared this story with, but I... You know, they, they started the conversation just like most conversations. Hey, hey, this is, and they put, mentioned their name, and her name was Gracie. And I said, how are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? And as soon as I said that, I go, I could tell she wasn't doing well because her, her voice was very emotional on the phone. And then she proceeded to tell me that her, her son had taken his life on Saturday. He was in his 20s. And so this week, I ministered to them, and I've known them in the community, and I've known them playing pickleball sport. I'd actually met Matthew and invited him to church, and at that point, he he wasn't open to that. But as you think of all that life has in our experiences, what that son's father wrote for that service was. And all that we do here, what really matters is is your faith and your family. Because in the end, what do you have left when this life is over? And so, as we think about what our lives are all about, and God not only gives us quantity of life, he gives us quality of life, we have the fullness of life. Jesus came not only to give eternal life, but abundant life. But it's all about Honoring him in ways that said we want our lives to invest in other lives so that they can know about Christ and see Christ living in us. So our purpose as a church is to honor God by helping more people become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you put it in a mission statement, you put it this way, to prayerfully love people in our relational world, inviting them to put their faith in Jesus Christ and follow him. That's pretty simple, isn't it? What what's God want me to do? He wants me to pray for people and to love people and then do whatever I can to invite them to, to follow, follow the one who, who loves them more than anybody else. Well, how, how do we do that? Can, can, can I give you a simple plan? And I, I even changed right when I was giving the message on, on Friday for, for this young man who and the family, and friends, and the people I knew in the community at this service, and I, you know, after sharing from Psalm 23, we went to John 3:16. You know, it, it's pretty plain how many people God loves, isn't it? For God so loved the the world. So, so what should be our plan if we're going to be involved in, in in living according to our purpose? And we all need to get fixed. Sometimes our tools not working real well, and we need to put it in the shop, and we need to have people kind of shave off some things that aren't quite fitting, and we need to plug in and have people around us so that we're on this journey. We're not presenting ourselves. We're presenting Christ. But this is, this is, this is our plan. We are called to reach people in our relational world, and then we're called to reach people in the world. And that's what I mean by being local and Global. We are called to reach people that we rub shoulders with, that we know, that we come in contact in our personal, relational world. But we don't just stop there because God loves the entire world. And so we need to do what we can to reach the world as well. Does that make sense? We individually and collectively are called to reach our personal world Whatever we can to influence them, and then secondly, we are to do whatever we can to reach the world. Well, let, let's look at that for a moment. I think, and I put it this way in your in your outline: our plan to reach out to people in our relational world, usually five to ten people in your oikos. We use that language in in our church. Oikos is a is a Greek word that simply means people in your extended family, friendship, community. Um, by helping them to know about Christ and see Christ in you. A great example of that is found in Mark chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. And the whole chapter there, or the first part of that chapter, tells the story of this man who, who really needed Jesus. Have you met people like that who really need Jesus? I mean, sometimes we think, well, that, that person, yeah, that could you know, be nice if they know Jesus, but this person is such a basket case, they really need Jesus? Of course, everybody needs Jesus just as much as anybody else. But this person, it was obvious because he was out of control, totally out of control. And Jesus ministers to him, reaches him, grabs that which is destroying his life, and his life is dramatically changed at the moment. Now, if that happened to you, you'd say, well, (laughs) I want to go and be wherever Jesus is. And so he's, he's ready to leave everything, go wherever Jesus is. But this is the response of Jesus to him. Mark chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. As he, Jesus, was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. I want to get on the boat with you, I want to go on that cruise with Jesus. And he, Jesus, did not let him. But he said to him, Go home, go to your Oikos to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. You see, before you go to the world, go to your world. And and that's the challenge for any of us. Sometimes it's easier easier for us to talk to people about Jesus we we don't know. And God says, okay, that's, that's great that you're willing to do that, but talk to people about Jesus you do know. And so before the... the the man who was demon-possessed went to the world at large. He said, you go back to the people you know. See, that hits us all right where we're at. Is is that how I'm living my my life according to God's purpose? To honor Him by following His directions for my life, to live in such a way that people can see that Jesus is in me, and then... I get looking for the opportunities to tell people about about him and me. And there will be people in your relational world you'll meet just for a moment, and then some people you'll meet for a lifetime. I'm going to, assuming I use my time-wise, I'm going to talk about the world in a moment. But uh, some of you know, a couple weeks ago, I went to a week-long mission conference. And, uh, um, you know, to get there, you have to, you have to get on a plane unless you're going to drive all the time, not having time to be at the conference. So I went on a plane. And, and you know, when you're on a plane, you, you meet people, don't you? And I don't know about you, but, I, I'm, you know, I, I like people, like talking to people, but I also like reading and like studying and stuff like that. So when I'm on the plane, I go, Lord, if you want me to talk to somebody, I'm ready to talk. But if you want me to do something else, then I'll do something else. And so... Uh, I got on the plane kind of late. I was in the very back of the plane. I mean, the very last seat, okay? And there was nobody in that last row, and so I got in the row next to the window, and uh, you know, and all of a sudden, we did, before we played. all of a sudden, someone sat next to me, but there was, a, there was a space between me and that person, and they were much younger than me, and I said, well, that's probably not a high prospect. They said, I don't want to talk to this old man, and so uh, anyway, so we're, uh, we're taking off, and um, the first part of the plane... I said, "Well, I'm going I'm to work on something." I, I introduced myself, and it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of openness to conversation. So, I started. I, I'm going to Honduras, and they speak Spanish there. So, I'm, I'm working on my Spanish. And I, and I had this little book. It says, "No Fear Spanish: Just the Basics," which means Spanish for stupid people. All right. So, so uh, you know, I'm I'm. I said, "I better begin at the beginning." So, I'm looking at the alphabet, the Spanish alphabet, and how you're supposed to pronounce the, the letters, and and. Um, you know, I was, I was kind of looking into the, the window, so I wasn't bothering her too much. But, you know, I, I was pronouncing all the letters. And after a while, she says, uh, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm working on Spanish. She says, well, do you know you're doing it all wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I didn't know that. You know, and so she looked at it. it wasn't, she says, well, I can understand how you could have taken those words, to, those letters to say something else. Because the phonetics aren't particularly very clear in here. But anyway, so uh, I, I found out that she had a master's in Spanish anyway. So, <laughs> so. Um, um, I was kind of, uh, my IQ went a little bit further down, you know, that kind of thing, so, uh, so she proceeded to correct just about every letter I was pronouncing, anyway, but uh, we got talking, okay, and you know, I'm praying, to say, oh, well, maybe there's an entry here, and so, well, what do you try to learn Spanish for? Well, I'm going to be going to Honduras, and we're going to try to do some projects to help people, uh, we're going to do a water purification uh, project there, and then we're going to try to talk to, to people about uh, the most important thing in their life, about Jesus, and and she goes, well, you know, um, I'm really not into this religion thing too much. I mean, I've, I've actually gone to a lot of places, lived in a lot of places, and so she began to tell her story. And um, it, it, was just, it was just fascinating. Her name is Patricia, and she's um, barely 30. Um, and she actually had lived in the Midwest, but she was now living in in Oakland. And she's one of those prototypical, I don't know if she's quite millennial, but she was earning a living uh, as a musician. Uh, she also had some entrepreneurial things that she had done. She had lived in Barcelona, uh, Spain. She had, li- she had lived in France. She had, she had just been just about everywhere. Um, she was an athlete as well. She had actually, when she was in Barcelona, she said, I had a hard time meeting people, so I, just, I picked up rugby. And this, this person was like tiny. I'm thinking, you played rugby? You know, and she says, well, I got good enough and I was on the national team after a couple of years. And so she, had, I mean, she's one of these fascinating type people. And, uh, but, but as we continued to talk, uh, it, it was just interesting. Uh, she says, well, you know, I really, I really like Jesus, but I would never consider myself a Christian. And, and, and so, really when you think, about okay, what do you do with a person like that? Well, you just simply talk about Jesus. And, and so we proceeded to talk about what, what, what was, was Jesus' message? Well, what did you admire about Jesus? Well, he, he helped people. He, he was concerned about those who were um, disenfranchised. He, he talked to the little people. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't impressed by people who were in, in positions of power. And, and, and so she began to talk about what she liked about Jesus. And I said, yeah, but Jesus made some amazing statements, didn't he? Oh, yes, he did. And he said, you know, he, you know, he even said he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to God but through him. Yeah, uh, I know. Have, I have a real problem with that one. That's pretty, that's pretty tough. And so we just proceeded to go on. And I, and I said, well, what is it you don't like about being a Christian? And she goes, well, it's all about church. And I said, well, yeah, I don't like church either. No, I didn't say that. But anyway, <laughs> so... So, uh, you know, I said, you know, I can understand why, you know, why people don't like church because, you know, I've been in church all my life, and, and, you know, it's the church is the perfect place for what kind of people? Yes, imperfect people. So you, so you feel the church is imperfect people. There's all kinds of issues that people have, and we're just on that journey of trying to know God. So we, we, we just try to talk about Jesus and help people find uh, how, what it means to live for Him and understand Him and to know Him. So, so we went... Yeah, the, we talked for two hours on that plane. And, and you know what? When I really got down to it, I, I just, then I said, well, let me just explain to you a very simple message of Jesus. It's all about knowing that, that there is a God and we don't know him. But he wants to know us. And who is God? The most familiar verse in the Bible says, God is love. For God so loved the world. But the Bible also says that God is holy. There's a verse in the Bible that says, 1 John, it says that um, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. So who is God? God is holy, and he's loving. But then the other thing we know, well, who is man? Well, man is the opposite of God. He's not holy. That's what, that's what the Bible calls sin. In fact, he, he says it this way, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So here we have God that's loving and is holy, and we're not holy. Well, what did God do to, to, to fix it? That's what Jesus is all about. Jesus is more than just a great teacher and a great example. And so the Bible says that God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were unholy, while we were sinners, while we were so far from him, Christ died for us. That's who Jesus is. He's more than just an example or model for us. He died for us. But as we think of who God is and who we are and what God did, we now ask ourselves, well, what are we to do? The, the, the Bible says that we must believe. The verse in the Bible says that, that we must confess that, that Jesus is Lord and, and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. And when we give our life fully to Him, then we cannot just know about Him, we can know Him. And, and as we talked like that, she, she said... I just, I just, I just don't know. And I said, well, you know, if if this is true, this is the most important message that anyone needs to hear and then experience. And and, and you know what, you know what she asked me? (laughs) I don't think I've ever had this happen. He says, can you give me the 10 most important verses that you know? So I've never memorized verses in my life. I don't know any verses now. <laughs> I said, you only want 10? Okay. So, so, so I, just, I just proceeded to quote every verse I thought would apply to her life. And, just, and she was counting them down. Well, that's one, that's two. And, and then she started counting slower. I said, what number are we at? And she said, like six. And it was like eight, you know. So I go, okay, I'll give you some more. And so and I just talked about what the Christian life is all about. And one of the verses I shared with her was this. I said, you know, the Bible says that he who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I've written to you in order that you may know that you have eternal life. So so God doesn't want us to simply think that we might be okay with God. He wants us to know that we're okay with Him. And then she said this, you know... I'm not there yet, but I would like to have what you have. I, I would like to know what life's all about. I, w- I would like to know that when I die, I know where I'm going. And she see to tell me, you know, when I've, I've studied, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism, and I've, ta- I've had some people in the Muslim faith and None of them know. But you really are convinced you do know. I say well, it's not because of me. It's because that's what, that's what God has written down for me to, to know, that I can have assurance that I, I really know God. And, and I, I share you that story simply to say it, it's simply engaging people and then talking with them and caring about them. I don't know where we are in our, in our outline. Or if the outline is really that important because I don't even know what I put in the outline, fill in the blank, tell you the truth. But, <laughs> but you know, h- how do you reach out to your relational, wor- relational world? First of all, pray about people. Talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. So w- when, when you're with someone that you know, ta- pray, talk to God about them. W- why did I get that telephone call this week? You know, when... Gracie and Alex's son took his life on Saturday because I've been praying about them. And I've been trying to love them. And I've been trying to talk to them. So how do we do I don't think I even gave you the right order. We're to love people, pray for people, and talk to people. Now, can all of us do that? It begins simply... Talking to God about people, loving them. I mean, you might, you might be shocked by this. She, we got off the plane, she goes, because she lives in Oakland. She says, Now, where is your church? I'd like to come to your church. I said, It's not a perfect church. Perfect pastor, but not a perfect church. <laughs> you know, it, it, but, you know, she said, You know, I, I, would, I would like to come. And all this is I, I showed her concern. I, I listened to her questions. And sometimes she'd ask questions, you know, that's a great question. I don't know if I have a great answer to that. I can give you my best shot. And so you don't have to, you don't have to answer every question brilliantly. Just honestly. And just point them toward Jesus. People, people are rejecting Christianity because what they think Christianity is, not what it really is. So love them, pray for them, and talk to them. And how do you do that? There's two ways. One, you can invite people to hear about Jesus. That's why we had VBS. That's why we had events where we invite people to hear about Jesus. And then you can just tell God's story and your story. I, I gave you an illustration of God's story. Just tell them who God is. Tell them who you are. Tell them what God did and tell them what you must do. It's as simple as that. That's the gospel message. And then you can tell them your story. To tell them how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. At whatever age it was where I, I made that personal connection with Jesus in a specific way. And, well, what did you do when you made that connection? I, I can tell you in ABCs, I, I admitted my need and, and I knew I was a sinner. I didn't want to continue sinning before a holy God. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I, I made a commitment. I, I made a choice. Just like I had to get a choice to get on that plane, I had to make a choice. Am I going to ride with God? Am I going to follow God? And, and, and you can express that in prayer. That's, that's our call, each one of us, to reach our relational world. People we work with, our neighbors. Play, people we recreate with, involved with in the community. And, and not that they're projects. They're just people that we want to experience what the purpose of life is all about. Marilyn Savant, if there is no God, there is no purpose. If there is no intelligent being, cognitive reason out there, then you're just, reason, you're just living in existence. But if there is a God, we want people to know God. Their eternity, eternity is going to be settled on that relationship. And people think more about life at death than any other time in life. I was reading some stories, Lifeway Christian. um, Oh, my gosh, it's 10 after 10. um, Forget that illustration. All right. (laughs) All right, we are to reach out to our relational world, and then we are to reach out to the world. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, says this, and, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And really that phrase, go and make disciples of all the nations, Ponte ta ethne is not just the 195 countries. At least the UN says we got 195 countries in the world today, but it's really ethnic groups, ethne, ethnic groups. And the thing that just amazed me when I was in uh, Wisconsin for that week, and it was one of those things. And I'm kind of bent that way anyway. We had meetings from seven to ten at night every night. It was just nonstop information, and and just rubbing shoulders with missionaries, hearing their stories. And it it was so refreshing and challenging. And we're getting that on Wednesday night as well. I'd encourage you to come on Wednesday night at 6.30. But, But there's a world out there, and there are certain pockets and places and people that have either very rarely heard about Jesus or not heard about him at all. And all of us, as we give, we participate in that. And when we pray, we participate that. And all of us need to ask the question, are we willing to go to participate in that? I don't know about you, but I'm so glad I heard about Jesus. And I want to be part of a a movement that intentionally is burdened for the world. I can tell you so many stories, it just blew my mind. In, in the Congo, um, this Mike Lowry was, he's been called of God to, to, to train national pastors who will then go to all kinds of the pockets of, of the Congo to get the message out. And if you know anything about what's happened in the Congo, it's just been civil war nonstop. And, and he was telling about this <laughs> one Right now, in the Congo and the southern Sudan, there are more UN forces than any other spot in the world because it is so volatile. He was talking about one of the Lebanese UN generals who came to his church and was just distraught because of so many things he was wrestling with. And he asked him to tell, tell him, Tell me your story. Well, he had come to faith in Jesus Christ. Well, how'd you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Because my wife had an Ethiopian maid who was a, just a lowly servant, shared her faith with my wife, and my wife shared her faith with me, and now I became a Christian. In the Thailand, we're praying for the, the Yuns this week, as they are they're learning the language, and, and they're with Overseas Missionary Fellowship, and they're trying to reach the world for Christ and plant churches there, but there were a number of missionaries from Thailand there, and Some are dealing specifically with the sex trafficking movement in Thailand, which is probably one of the most pervasive places that's happening. And and they're rescuing young lives out of that whole movement by simply showing them the love of Jesus. I was talking to a a couple of missionary doctors, um, Bill and Ann Clemmer, and they're, they're in now southern Sudan. He even know Christ, uh, both of them, uh, both his wife when they were you know, just going in training. They had done stuff with Peace Corps, but uh, then they came to faith in Christ, decided that they would commit their life to serving overseas, went through medical school, did some residency here, and said, then I took a 600%. decrease in uh, and yeah, in income and he's been behind the scenes when the, the rebels came he said I I, I would do it again Why? Because as he, he's got a pretty high IQ. I don't know if it's 228, but he said, why, why would I not want to be exactly what God wants me to be? Trying to reach people in the world for Christ. He says, I know everyone can't go, but everyone can pray, and everyone can give, and everyone can be willing to go. So as we look at a message like this, the, the, so what is simply, are we all in? Are we all in because this is, this is what life's all about. If there is a purpose and a meaning to life, it's because someone gave us a purpose and meaning to life. He's made us all with various skills and abilities and intended specific purposes, but we have an all-in purpose that's for us all, which is we want to invest our lives in reaching our personal world and do whatever we can to reach the world with a life-changing message of Jesus Christ. So that when a you know, person like Patricia begins to examine what she has in comparison to what true Christians have, she wants what we have. Let's pretty good. Father, there might be someone here this morning that doesn't have what you offer. Maybe they've been around church, maybe they've been familiar with the story, but they haven't been all in and saying, Jesus, I admit I just need you. I need for my sins to be forgiven. I need for you to lead my life. I do believe that you died and rose again on my behalf. I do, I want to make that commitment. Father, each of us are going to stand before you and we've got to answer for what we've done with Jesus. But even after making that commitment, now now we got to decide, what are we doing with our life? Are we investing it in what really matters? Help us to be passionate and praying for the people we know at school or in our neighborhoods, or places of employment, or people we meet in the world, or just just meet at in a chance on a plane or whatever it might be. Help us desire that they would have, but only Jesus can give. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know where this uh, message.